Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, 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 welcome. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you decide to listen to this. But welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. Grab a blanket, a chair, copper squat anywhere. Grab you something to drink. Tea, sweet tea, cold tea, lemonade, coffee. And it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Even get your drink on. Today, I'm going to talk in, in this, this podcast this morning is lessons, life lessons I learned from my mama. Baby, my mama taught me a few things till this very day. She's moved on with the elders. And today is the day my mother moved on with the elders. She transitioned 20-something years ago, but it's always like it was yesterday. For real. I remember that day like it was yesterday. My mother, um, she, uh, my brother was supposed to go with her to the dialysis. And he was taking his time. He thought my mother was mad at him, but she wasn't. My mother knew she was going to die. Now, mind you, a few weeks earlier, we was all in the living room. Me, Teresa, Tressie, uh, my brother Robert, my sister Denise, my brother Man. We were all there. And she really mapped out her funeral and kind of prepared us. She told all of us the message she had. She looked at me because, you know, I liked the South, but I didn't like the South back then. I was like, nah, I'm New York. I'm staying up here. I ain't going down South. It's too country. And she told me. She told me. She said, when I get ready to go, she said, New York going to miss you. She said, New York going to miss you. 
She said, but your ass is, is Southern. She said, New York gonna miss you. I said, man, I ain't going nowhere. She said, promise me one thing, take care of those babies. I said, no. She said, change your life. Change your life. Because ain't nobody going to be here to raise them. She looked at my brother. She told him. She said, what you think you hiding? I already know. She said, I loved you then. I love you now. And I love you even afterwards. She looked at my brother Mandy. She looked at us. She said, y'all going to have to take him because the first three pews is going to be nothing but children. She said, and these women here are too weak to handle them. She said, but y'all, I ain't going to let y'all hurt them or kill them. She said, y'all make sure y'all there for him. So me and my brother Robert Earl was looking at her like, man's a grown man. He, he should be able to take care of his own stuff. She said, don't play with me. She said, y'all make sure y'all there for him. And since, baby, from day one, I do the best I can with what I got. My sister Denise, she told her. She said, I never blamed you. Not once. She said, I love you. Get it together. She said, but I'm proud of you. I never blamed you. She looked at Tressie and all of them. She gave everybody a message. That was a few weeks before. So anyway, the day of today, right? She didn't die today, but this is her death day. Her death anniversary, as we say. She um, <clears throat> she was calling my brother. He was taking his time. So she told him, she said, no, baby. She said, uh-uh. She said, I just want you to get up and watch the house. She said, because where I'm going, you can't go. And man was like, what? what are you talking about? I'm coming. I'm going with you. She said, no. So we didn't know that the driver... She made him sit there for a few minutes. And he said, no. He said, I'll bring you back. He said, you know, I'm going to take you and bring you back. She said, no, baby, you won't be bringing me back. She said, I won't be coming back here. He said he never understood that. He said, but after she died, then he understood that. Um, the hospital called and said, your mother is in critical. I said, okay, we're on our way. And, you know, I said, I know she don't want to take the medicine. I know, because that's my mother's critical. Like, I ain't taking this damn medicine. I'm not um, doing all of that. So I was like, we're on our way. Don't worry. And five minutes later, he called and said, no, your mother passed on. What? The sky opened up. It rained for about 10 to 15 minutes. Blacks rain poured down hail rain. Rain. Did it in New York and New Orleans. Same time. And my aunt called me. She said, what's going on? She said, because the sky opened up and it rained. She said, my sister gone? I said, yeah. She said, I'll be up there. And they showed there. Her and my cousin Lisa. They showed there. I walked down the block. My father was gone, lost it. And my brother, man. Then we had to go up there that evening and identify the body. Me and my pops went. Uh, we walked up there because it was Mary Macklin Hospital. My sister, I don't know where she was. And my brother, man, came out the woodwork. Like, nigga, that nigga wouldn't talk to nobody. My mother was the oldest. She was the backbone to us. That saying is true. Mothers know how to live in this world without their children because they once lived in this without their children. Children never lived in the world without their mother. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's true. But my mother taught us life lessons. And I'll share a few with you. The first lesson she taught me is never allow anyone to make you feel bad about any choice or any path or any decision you make. I was 14 years old going on 15 when I had my child. And my mother and I would do the, because we had a block association. So every year they'd get together in the summer to, um, you know, to to get together, to get out the list because they would give make baskets for the holidays for the seniors on the block. See, back then we took care of our seniors. So they would make baskets and pass them out, you know, to the seniors. And it wasn't no cheap shit. Like they had name brand food, you know. So they would put together the basket, fill it up. The kids would work together collecting stuff. And we would put it in boxes and baskets. And we would tape it up with pretty ribbons and all of that, right? And we would keep the baskets. Uh, every year or we'll buy, you know, somebody will see them on sale and they'll grab them and stuff. So, and these was all voluntary. You wasn't getting no money on it. You got blessed. You know, let's be honest. You got blessed. So, the year of planning, my mother assumed that they were, you know, putting together the list. But she kind of found it odd. Like, y'all starting early. And um, they, uh, <laughs> they had did a collection to send me away. 
to either put me in a covenant so my baby can be up for adoption or to, you know, send me down south where the other young girls won't be influenced to get pregnant and have a kid because I was young. And they called my mother in there. Now, my mother's friends was there except for Belle and Ann. Because, see, they were the two women that we don't get involved in bullshit. You can't tell this lady what to do with her child and her grandchild or whatever. And if she curse you out, she got every fucking right. So they sat on the stoop. They ain't even go next door. They ain't go in the house. They wasn't involved. They was laughing because they knew. Because the windows was open. They knew this shit is about to hit the fan. It's about to go down, so to speak. So they they got there. My mother got there. They you know everybody talked, and then they start apologizing to my mother. And my mother sitting there like, "What do y'all apologize for? Oh, cause we know you know it's, it's we don't blame you, and you know it's not you, and we don't want you to feel embarrassed because your daughter's having she's pregnant, and she's having a baby." My mother was like, "What?" And so they slide her the envelope. You know, this is just to help, you know, if you're going to send her away or, you know, there's covenant houses and they'll, you know, properly take care of the baby. Evidently, they didn't know what a New Orleans woman was, but they found out that day. And from that day forward, I guarantee you, they never came on my mother sideways, backways, no way. They left that fucking lady alone. So, um, my mother's, one of my mother's closest friends was Bruce. Bruce was the gay guy on the block, and he knew where the bones was buried because he was sleeping with half their husbands, and their husbands talked. And Bruce worked in Gertz when it was a department store, and um, he worked in the men's section to do the suits, measuring it, making sure. Because even back then, you know, they had custom suits and stuff. So Bruce knew the, knew the tea, so to speak, and he showed, shared it with my mama. So my mother looked around the room and she read each and every one of them. And she told them, you're right. My daughter is the first one to have a baby, but she definitely ain't the first one to get pregnant. She said, unfortunately, like y'all, I ain't sending mine away. She said, only Jesus will stop me if one of y'all come at my daughter or my grandchild. And I had my son. And he walked up down the block. They played with him. They gave him all kinds of stuff. They did not. It took a village to raise him because we everybody on the block knew about my son even till this day. So. Because she wasn't playing at all. And while I was sitting there, because Marco's mom and them would always bring me cherries. Because, I, you know, cherries was my weakness. And it's crazy because my two oldest kids don't really care for cherries. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> but I ate it so much when I was pregnant with them. And um, cherries and, and tangerines. Like, it's not. I eat it, but it's not. My daughter Isha won't eat none of it. But my my son, eh, if I have to, but it's not, it's not a requisite. I'm, it's not on my to-do list. So... Uh, when I was sitting there, I was really looking for the other bag and I was looking down and my mother was like, as long as you live, you don't look down. You don't allow no one to make you feel bad about no part of your life. You hold your head up. You my daughter and you walk straight. She said, fuck them. Fuck it. I, I didn't find out the whole story until I got older and my mom, me and her was talking and she was talking about it. But, um, I was like, damn, that's fucked up. And, you know, all the girls was on my step. And I'm like, that's fucked up. So I didn't disrespect their moms and them. But you you can't really say nothing to me. Because, you know, I know your, your fucking hidden secrets and stuff. So, you know, you got your husbands not sleeping in the bed with you. You got your daughters being pregnant and you sending them away. Like, my mom ain't embarrassed of us. What's wrong with you? So that's that's why it's always been... And then years later, all these kids started talking and started hating their mama and regretting her and all of that. You're not going to get that from me. Because, see, my mama didn't send us away. She told us to stand firm in who we are. Have pride, a sense of pride. Build up your self-esteem. Don't let nobody talk down to you. Okay, you don't have what they have, but you ain't got what I got neither. So guess what? The same way you love you, I love me. (laughs) It, It works both sides. So that's the first lesson. Second lesson, don't quit. Believe in yourself. Don't quit. Get it how you live it. My mother was 600 pounds one year when she was big. And she wasn't ugly. She was big. She wasn't ugly. She was a big girl. And she went and got a job at the candy factory, Asher Brothers, right? They made peppermints, lollipops, uh, all kinds of shit. 
And it was a warehouse. It was shit, really. I call it the slave, the plantation. So they was, they was laughing. Pa Face, which was one of the managers, and James. They were laughing like she ain't gonna last. She big. She, you know, she gonna always want to break. But hey, from working out there, my mom's lost mad weight. Because you would work from 10 at night to 7 in the morning. That was the night shift, the overnight shift. 7 in the morning to 3, 4 o'clock was the, the morning shift. And from 4 until 10 was the afternoon shift, right? So it was three shifts. My mom did the overnight shift. And she told him, she said, I'll work for free for a week. She said, if I call out, whatever, if I stop, I don't do the job. She said, y'all can, y'all have to hire me. So all they thought was, she fat, she ain't going to do it. Or she fat, she ain't going um, to make it a week. Nah, she ain't going to make it. You know, we just getting some free labor. And he said, all right, all right. So they let her come. My mother never missed a day. My mother worked harder than the motherfuckers that was getting paid. And they hired her. And one time, my mother worked all three shifts in one day. Yeah, her body might have been wrecking her. She could have been sick, tired, the whole nine. But, yo, you one thing, you was not out working Bobby Ann. Not at all. Not at all. See, they was used to working in the fucking fields. So you weren't going to outwork her at all. And she was going to look good doing it. And she earned her respect there. So every year on November 19th, if they anybody that worked in that candy factory... They knew my mother was throwing a big-ass party. Wasn't no candy being packed that night. You better pack it before, uh, before that first break. Because you will get your lunch, and you will get three 15-minute breaks in between. Child, after that first break, after that lunch, shit, everybody was drunk. My mother drank Gordon's gin. Everybody in that motherfucker was drunk. She had gallons. Bacardi, Gordon's gin, wine, Shirley, and all of them be drunk. Sloppy drunk. Cheeky all of them, because she done party for her birthday. And then she coming home and having more parties. She partied for the whole month of November. My father's birthday was on Halloween. My mother's birthday was November 19th. My brother's birthday is November 1st. Now my grandchildren, all their birthdays is in November. So, she, she, and I had two Scorpios. I was raised by two Scorpios. Shit. Scorpios don't have no salt and sugar on their goddamn tongue. For nothing. So, we, we had to deal with that. But she earned her respect. And she worked. She ain't have time. Now, see, that's where I learned that from. When I when I was at jobs, I didn't tell, I didn't bring no pictures of my kids. I didn't go there telling you what was going on in my house. And I remember my boy saying, you know, when my son did come up there, he said, You didn't tell us you had a son. I said, You paid me to work or you paid me to gossip? Because you ain't getting both. My moms used to tell that to James and them. You paid me to work or you paid me to gossip? Because you ain't getting both. You want, you want access to my house, my family? Then pay me a check for that. Because I'm here, I'm doing this job. It, no, print out my job description and I'll tell you what's on there that I'm not going to do. Hey, so they just respect it. So when we came, she'll tell James, no, that's my daughter. No, that's my son. And they'd be like, yo, I didn't even know she had kids. You weren't supposed to. And we didn't bring our business there. You, when you work there, you do their job. You called you to people. You're respectful. But once you clock out, you leave that shit there. You left the candy factory business there, and you take your ass home. And then when you clock in, you pick that shit back up. But nah, you don't bring work home with you. So my mother taught me that. to Never let no one outwork you. Do you. Work in your speed, your lane, but you here to get a paycheck, and you don't mix business with pleasure. Nah. She fucked with people outside of the job. She wasn't talking to nobody inside the job, because... I don't shit where I lay. My refrigerator and my toilet is not next to each other. So, no. Uh-uh. Because, see, if this don't work out, who leaving? Because I'm not. I got a family to feed. So, no. And both my parents worked. They hustled. They did their thing. So, nah. And when my father's back got messed up, she worked at the diner. She worked hustling numbers. She would cook dinners. Like, she did all that. So, no. That's why my pops came home and gave his paycheck to my mom. Because, see, a man does three things. Please provide and protect. And he made sure, because he didn't have to second guess. Like, my mom's going to hold it down. So, why not give the same? So, that was one. Then I remember when it came with your relationship. Now, I know some of y'all may say, oh, I'm not doing that. Or, oh, uh-uh. And I may lose a few listeners. And it's okay. Because yeah, I'm letting you know, today is this lady's day. Today is Bobby Ann's day. So, um, my aunt came over there, right? 
And my mother had told me to take my take my father his plate up to his room. And my aunt goes, my aunt Pat, she goes, how he get to eat first? These kids supposed to eat first. How he get to eat first? That ain't right, Bobby. You supposed to feed the kids, not him. He a grown fucking man. My mother looked. So when I came downstairs, she said, yeah, chat, open that front door. So I opened up the door. I felt like Vanna White through this whole, and I, you'll see why. I opened up the front door. She looked at my eyes. She said, you see an eviction notice on that door? No. She said, here, close that door. She said, open up those cabinets. I opened up the cabinets, all of them, you know, because me and my hot, fresh ass, I'm opening up the cabinets. She said, you see any spaces? Because it's loaded with food. Yeah. She said, close them. She said, open up that cabinet. Open up that, that uh, closet door. So I opened it up. Back then, we even, yeah, we had the door. I opened the door. She said, you see it from the bottom to the top. She said, it's all canned goods, everything in there. She said, you got um, cereal, everything. She said, these kids don't want for nothing. And so I did. She said, turn that TV on and that light and turn it off. I turned it on, bow, 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 turned the light on. She said, the bills are paid. She said, run that water. So I'm turning on the water. She said, the water bill paid. She said, open that back door back there. So I opened the back door. She said, and the backyard is done. She said, because them kids out there playing. So she said, what? She said, and it's funny. I said, because that man up there made it possible. She said, I don't pay a rent. I pay a mortgage. She said, and that man up there made it possible. She said, but you know what I find funny? You got a man at home, but you over here getting groceries from here. Because that man made it possible to make sure we have extra. She said, and it's funny. Because... He deserved a big piece of chicken. He'd eat first all day, every day. She said, because none of my children pay a bill. They don't pay a mortgage. They don't do that. He does. She said, so, it's funny. Yours is sitting home right now because my aunt was married to listening. She said, but you over here getting food from us. She said, so when you walk in this door, you give respect to that man upstairs or don't come. Baby, I went outside. I said, y'all heard what y'all mama say? She got on on back, right? So, yeah, yeah. And it was like, what happened? I said, Pat came over here getting grocery. Baba gave her all that food. And she was sitting here saying that, that pops don't do nothing while he gets his plate. She said, once he finished, I'll call these children in here and they can get their plates and they can eat. She said, now, if you don't like it, you're welcome to drop what you got in your hand and go on about your life. But when you walk through this door, you respect that man up there. Every time they come in there, hey, brother-in-law, hey, Billy, hey. <laughs> so she taught me that. You know, her and my pops, but she taught me that. Some of y'all women will sit there and allow your family to dog your men. The man that's taking care of everything. Now, I love my son-in-law, and please, if he hear this, he going to get the big head already. But I got to give it to him. He do take care of my grandchildren. He makes sure they're good. He ain't the best person because some days he can pluck a fucking nerve. But he do take care of him. If my father was alive and in his right mind, even my mother, she'll tell him. Now, I may not agree with everything you do, but you do do right by those babies. And that's what you're supposed to do. And if I curse his ass out, my mother, my daughter will. She will. Ma, why you got to curse him out? Because he loves you and he'll do everything for you. And that's not right because murder been around for 15 years. Shut up. So now I make it personal. I, if I don't like one, I don't like neither one of them. Since y'all want to be as one, so now I don't speak to either one of them. So how about that? <laughs> but he does do right. I can't get mad at him. He do right by those children. Hey, let him tell it. He my best child. And I said, I didn't even push you out. You ain't even my kid. But let him tell it. He'll tell you all day. I'm the best kid. I'm the best kid. Here, look at my daughter. Ain't anybody you meet? No, that's my mother. And they'd be like, but wait, though, he married to your daughter? Yeah, child. I, listen, it's him. Don't worry about it. But he is. He do. He do right. I got to give him that part. But I'm the best sis in the world, you know. I know his little feelings were hurt yesterday. Side note, because they have their baby daughter. Every day, she says it's her birthday. So I brought her a cake yesterday. And I said, who's the bestest? So my daughter looks at she better than your daddy? She said, yep. I said, that's right. He wasn't feeling it. So when she went over there to make him feel kind of good, no, go with your gum gum. I said, that's right. Why, why are you hating player? Like, you know, I may not have the mother title down pat, but I got the grandmother title on fucking lock. Like, hey. 
my kids be looking like she do that to us. You know that she see me, she see you, cause all she worried about is her grandkids. She'll do. I'm like y'all no more. Y'all days is done. That's it. Gone, gone. Y'all out the pasture. But my mother was the same way. We bring the grandkids over there. She be like, all right, go, go in there and buy them that stuff. I brought that for them babies. But what the fuck about us? You making them baskets? What about our baskets? Child ain't about you. What? So they, none of them. None of them that were around when she was alive can say nothing bad about their grandmother. And she made sure they came to their house or she came to theirs. My mother went to the Bronx. My mother, she would make those trips when she was well. She made sure she was in their lives. So they can't say no. And she left that door open. Bust through the motherfucker. Come see your grandmama and them. That's it. That's all. And I'm the same way. Bust through the door. Come on. I, three times out the year, I make sure I go and visit my grands. I'm going to see them three times out the year. I'm going to go and make that trip until I can't make it no more. Then they can come and see me. But three times out the year, I'm going to spend some time with each and every one of them. So, uh-uh. Because they're not going to grow up and say, well, my grandmother, no, my grandmother was in my life. Nope, she was there. Uh-uh. She made sure... We might then have all the name brand stuff because she'll tell you, I, you got parents. I ain't breaking the bake. If they ain't breaking it, I ain't breaking it. But she here. You rather have monetary stuff or you want the, the presence of your grandmama. So I do do that. I learned that from my mama. I learned from my mother that you stand on what you believe in. And you don't allow nobody to make you go any way or any different. You make sure... You got the sun. The man can promise you the sun, moon, and stars. You better have something in your fucking pocket to back it up. And the earth is there. And whenever you feel sad, go find your way of touching some New Orleans dirt. And it'll bring you back right. I got a big-ass bag of New Orleans dirt. And it sits there. And she would cook. When my mother passed away, the pastor called me. Right, I, she got buried, you know, her serv services was at Faith Tabernacle. And he called me and he said, hey, I need you to come over here. I said, okay. I ran across the street because I used to live right there across the street from the church. And it was like about 30-something, close to 30, close to 40, homeless people in there. Now, I knew them all. Hey, hey, baby girl, we waiting for our girl. We waiting for the woman of the hour because my mother's body didn't get brought in yet. And fishes took care of her, and they brought it. They brought her body to Faith Tabernacle. And he said, "Yeah, these people are here. I don't know what to do, you know, because I want to go." I said, "Oh, they ain't gonna steal nothing. My mom done left her bag around these folks many a time." I said, "These are people she helped fed, or she paid." I said, "She did something with them. Trust me." And they were there waiting for my mother's body to come. And my mother's funeral was standing room only, even outside. Block was shut down. You would have thought it was a celebrity. Deborah did film it, but you thought it was a celebrity. She said it. She said, I won't be famous around the world, but I will be famous to a lot of people. And she would, the homeless, the destitute, the ones that the world may have gave up on because they might have made some wrong choices. See, we all got our demons to bear. We all got parts of our books that we don't want people to read. See, my mother didn't judge you because she had to go through some shit herself. She didn't judge you. When you got kids, she used to always say, when you got kids, you're going to have to make some choices that you yourself may not want to look in the mirror. But you will. My brother tried to tell me something the other day. And yeah, I am. I'm very protective over my mother and her legacy. And I do. I love the shit out of my brothers and sisters because <clears throat> my mother built that bond with her sisters and them. And they did. They got a bond that's, you be sitting there saying, what? They'll argue, fuss, but can't nobody else do it. And my kids would tell me the same thing. Oh, you can't speak bad about her brothers and sisters. You're right, because that's what my mother instilled in me. So I tried to steal that in y'all. But if it didn't stick, I can't, don't blame me. But I'm definitely, yes, I will stand tall for my brothers and sisters. I will. Don't, mm -mm, don't come at them. No, no, no. You don't want those problems. No, uh-uh. And if they wrong, how can we fix it? But what we ain't going to do is come at them. So, my mother and them, they had that bond. 
And that bond was really unbreakable, even in death. My, my aunts and them, you know, and they, they weren't perfect, but they, they definitely made it work with what they had. And she taught us family first. Blood is everything. And when folks, like my sister-in-law, she, I remember she telling my mother, oh, you will never see, because she got mad at my brother, man. You will never see your grandkids. I'm never coming out here. My mother busts out laughing. I said, lady, she just said she ain't bringing the kids. She said, listen, she turned around, looked at the trust. She said, if they mine and my blood run through them, she said, they'll find me. I ain't got to leave here. 110, 160, I ain't got to leave this. They going to find me. My niece was 12 years old. She came from the Bronx to Queens. I said, where your mother is? She said, home. I said, what? She said, I had to come and see my grandmother. My mother was sitting there on the couch, busted out laughing. And I looked at her. I said, what's the matter? She said, I told you they'll find me. She said, because blood calls blood. She said, go in there and get you something to eat. She said, here, take this $5 and go around the corner and get you something. She came out there with her friend. She wasn't going, no. That's why I laugh. I don't care. That's why I make it so. that My, my blood is already in there. They mine? They going to find me. I ain't worrying about it. I'm not. And guess what? I'm not going to speak ill of you. Whatever reason you might have, keep it. My daughter told me the same thing. And I looked at her and said, my, you, will, you will need me before I need you. Trust and believe that. And she showed it. So, okay. But see, folk get it twisted. And then they want to, they, you, know, you, don't, you don't do that. Especially if the grandparents and, and the family is active in the child's life. Now, once they get old, they got their own choices. But if they active in their life, Okay. So I was active in all their lives. My brothers and sisters, we all were. And it's okay. Because your story has to begin with, I remember when. <laughs> See? So my mother and them, they did. My grandfather had two wives. Wasn't a bad thing. To y'all, maybe. To us, okay. And we respected it. But my mother did not turn her back on no one. If you walk across her threshold and you needed something, she'll make sure within her power you'll have it. If she ain't had no money, she'll tell you, I ain't got no money, but I got some food in there. You hungry? I made some, some cabbage and cone and cone bread and stuff, and she'll feed you. We celebrated Juneteenth. We made sure each child had a great summer. And before they went back to school, my mother at the one big party. She'll go get blowed up pools, all kinds of shit. And those kids would definitely enjoy it. Every holiday, from Easter to Grandparents' Day to St. Patrick's Day, every holiday they did, they have a memory of. So she did do that. She taught us and taught me to stand on what you believe in, own you, self-esteem. My mother was 600 pounds, but she still got up. She did what she had to do. She ain't let nobody stop her. And she'll tell you, kiss my ass. Kiss my black ass. You'd be like, I know you lying. Kiss my black ass. You be saying this, and you can't say it. I'll say what the fuck I want to say. She was like, and that was her house. Her and my father. And they made this pact. We can be at war, but we put our differences aside, and we take care of whatever these children or these grandchildren got going. We there for them. And we all lived in that house, 11013, 160th Street, and she didn't turn nobody away. So they all grew up. She planted every year her collard greens. She had a, a garden that was beyond. She'd be out there playing in that dirt. She told us, whenever you feel like you are not a part of something or you feel discombobulated and something wrong, put your hand in some New Orleans dirt. Baby? My friend, my good, good friend, while I was at Yahweh, he went down to New Orleans and he brought me some New Orleans dirt. Then later on, I went down there and got rocks and everything. And I have it. So I know I got a part of me here. I take New Orleans wherever I go. My blood runs through that dirt down there. And it's okay. I know where I'm from. And tell your children their history. I do, whether they want to hear it or not, I still tell them. They know it. It comes to them when they need it. Then she taught me education is key. My mother went to college. She taught me that. She taught me to act right, stand up right, take care of what you got. You only live once. She showed this. She enjoyed that fucking ride of life. 
You only live once. Don't let no one disrespect your family. Friends of those that you got. You be a friend to those that's a friend to you. And never look down on anybody. Because even birds got to come down and drink. Can't sit high and look low on nobody. These were all life lessons she taught me. And a wet pussy and an empty purse don't match. That is fact. So like she told my aunt, you got a man at home and you over here. Talking about the man that's making it possible to give you a bag of food. To make sure your ass got something to eat. You going to sit here and talk about this man in his house. But you got a man at home and you over here asking. Wet pussy and an empty purse don't match. What you over there for then? Why he there? Make it. We both can't be hungry. I know you lying. See, that's saying an old broom, uh, a new broom might can sweep the floor, but an old broom know where the dirt is. My mother only used straw brooms. You couldn't get, like, these new brooms here. I have a straw broom in my closet, but I don't use it. And I have a straw broom behind my door. Why? Why do we have straw brooms? It's to keep away negativity and gossip. So that's your lesson for you to share. That's your spell. That's your work for today. Find you, you know, those cinnamon brooms, those little straw brooms, get you one and hang it behind your door so you can always constantly sweep the trash away from your shit. It's like psh, patting it back. Patting it back. Yes. Get you a broom and hang it. I have a broom right behind my door. Wherever I live, there's always a broom. Always a broom behind a door. Always. I. It, it's just, it's so second nature that I don't even think about it. You know, because that's all I knew. My mother would take that broom and turn it upside down and put it behind that door. And you'd be like, she always had one behind the back door and the front door. If you had a back door, it was a broom back there. That's why we used to always laugh and be like, yo, pass me that broom. They'd be like, where? I looked in the house and know it's behind the door. And people would be sitting there and be like, as we finish, yo, put that broom back. And you know how you turn it and you had the brushes on the floor? I used to be like, nah, turn it. Make the handle go on the floor. Like, it was just a normal thing. A normal thing. You have a broom behind your door. Well, I have the broom turned upside down. It's not behind the door. Why? Because I already have one hanging on my door. So I don't need to. So I just think it's, it's amazing for the life lessons. Because that broom bats out anything that's negative. We don't need it in our house. And it cleans. Spiritually, it cleans. What happens? What do you use a broom for? To sweep out. To sweep up dirt and dust. So... Even, and you have some people that clean themselves with the broom, right? To take the mess off of everything. When you go get yourself a custom-made suit or whatever, they have those little brooms. The brushes, the brooms, though, to brush it off. So, when you walk in the door, the broom is already cleaning you. So, whatever you got on you stays outside. Now, you'll pick it up when you go out there, but you won't have it in here. So, that's the beauty of it. See how that all works together? So, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. When you know better, you do better. My mother taught love of self. My mother taught no matter how you look, what you look like, love you. Love you. You are necessary. You are beautiful. God don't make mistakes. Be nice to people. Because you're going to want somebody to be nice to yours when you're not around. You know what I'm saying? There's always messages that come from angels unaware. So you treat people nice, treat them with dignity and respect the same way you want to be treated. Love your children. Listen, at that moment, it may not have been the right choice, but it was a choice that had to be made so you can be where you are today. And that's my mother's lesson to us. You know, parents, we don't come with books. Now, no, it may not have been the right choice later on down the line, but a choice had to be made. When my mother had her boyfriend, Slim, right, he would babysit us, right? This man used to live on Merrick. Never forget, I was a little girl, man and our horse, and my sister, Denise. And Slim, like, my mother, because she worked at the diner, right? And um, she would, you know, we would stay over there because she didn't want to leave us in the house. And um, I remember Slim must have tried to touch Denise, and we were all fighting. And Denise had me and I horse hold her. And she had me. Some I walked, the other part she carried. And she walked from Merrick Boulevard to 11013. And I'll never forget when my mother came home. We were sitting in the house. And my Aunt Louise and Pat and all of them came over. 
And she said, why y'all here? And Denise told her. And my mother went over there and she beat the shit out of Slim. She did. She whooped Slim ass. She beat the shit out of Slim. See, my mother didn't, she didn't care about a good fight. When they were younger, right? That's why I said the sisters had a bond. When they were younger, my mother and all of them, they used to have to cross the tracks because they lived over, you know, where the white folks was in New Orleans. And they would have to cross the track and walk to um, school. Well, a white boy had did something to her sister and my mother took a two by four and beat him. So they had to, you know, let my mother stay at her father's house for a little bit because they weren't going over the fucking with them, not them the chocolate folk. So my my mother's mother and them, they were more fair skinned, more light skinned. That's where my son and them get their complexion from. And my grandfather and them, they were more black, like black, black with blue eyes. And um, so they had, she had to stay over there for a little bit. Because, you know, the white folks wanted to retaliate. But MJ wasn't letting them, nobody fuck with his daughter. So he wasn't, you know, he would call my mother black. That's what they called her down there, black. So um, he was like, ain't nobody fucking with black. <laughs> and, you know, he, he did. He, he loved his children. He loved his girls. He loved them so much, all the other girls was named after the first set of girls. Bobby Ann, Patsy Ann, Louisa May, and all the rest of them was named right after them. So, 11 girls, and they all got the same names. I said, didn't nobody know how to spell? She said, shut up. So, they did. But he loved the shit out of his daughters. He did. He loved the woman that he had them with. But my grandmother wanted, you know, she wanted that Hollywood life. So, she left. She got sidetracked and stayed down in Virginia for a little bit and had two sons, Don and Julius. And then she came on up to New York with her son. And then her daughters came after. Because back then, that's what it did. The grandparents and them took care of it while you went to go and get yourself right. And then you come sing for your children. Well, they went down there because they was getting older and they needed to be with their mama. So they came up to New York. And then grandma and them came. They all came up, you know. And they lived in the same house. One lived upstairs, one lived downstairs. Mom and daughter. And um, it's always been like we, we never lived too far away from each other. It might be a little ride or a plane ride, but listen, we we ain't in other countries. We we don't live too far. We reachable. And that's how my mother and them were. And that's how the mothers and daughters were even back then. It's like the generations come to go. We ain't gonna live too far. We ain't gonna live too far. And sisters and brothers ain't gonna live too far from each other. We we know how to get to you. You know? So, like I said, family is everything. And we there for each other. The women are stronger than the men. Yes, that is fact. We love, um, but we, we're loyal. You know, my mother taught us that. But she did, you know. And I remember when I, I got in trouble because my, um, my cousins and them, you know, they were sitting there. And I looked and I said, you know, the wrong lady died. Like, y'all don't even appreciate your mother. I did anything to make sure mom was here. But now I learned, because, you know, this this day and Mother's Day, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't even want to be bothered. Like, I would shut myself off. But I'm like, yo, my moms wouldn't want that at all. Like, go and live your life. When her mother died, you know, she was sad for a few days. And she was like, my mama wouldn't have wanted that. My mama wanted to make sure we live and the next generation live. She said, don't y'all sit there and worry about me. That's why we brought her flowers while she was alive. Because she'll tell you, I'm bringing up flowers at my fucking funeral. Shit, I ain't even there. I'm going to be with y'all. <laughs> you know? So, it is. It, it, you know, if your mother is going, give her, give her so much love and remember her stories and tell them. And if she's still here, go visit her. Make sure you are a part of her. Because, you know, mom, man, my mom was an amazing woman. And I'm going to always say that till I die. My mom was an amazing woman. Even on days when I got mad. I remember when I was little, I had to be about nine. I called myself running away. I went to Bell and Ann house. <laughs> they said, where you going? I said, I ran away. I'm not going back. They said, oh, okay. You want something to eat? I had some rice. Belle would make her rice with vinegar. It was so good, though. And her chicken. 
And I was sitting there, so she went down there to my mother, and she said, you know, she done ran the way she had my house. I told her she stay until after dinner, and I sent her back. And she was sitting there, and she said, your mother going to be real sad. I don't care if she don't love me. She said, yeah, but she going to be sad because, you know, her daughter ran away. And you got it all figured out, right? Where you going to go? I, well, <laughs> I wind up going back home. Long story short, I wind up going back home. My mother goes, is you finished? The next time you run away, take your brothers and sisters. Nobody should ever be alone. What? I was like, what? And it's crazy because I used to tell my kids that. When they go, I'm running away. Take your brothers and sisters. Nobody don't ever want to be alone. <laughs> we, don't want to be, we don't want you to be alone because you're going to need company out there. It get cold and somebody might bother you. And your brother and sister going to have you back. So don't run away by yourself. Run away with your sister and brother. And Didi and Shaba had me dying because they had a little book bag with nothing but toys in it. Shoes be on the wrong feet. Where y'all going? We running away. Us is running away. Oh, okay. Uh, at least you got somebody because I don't want you to be. Can you open the door? Nope. The same way you want to run away, open the door. Well, we await right here. We're not talking to nobody. Don't talk to nobody. I don't blame you. And then I take them down to my mother's house, and they, she, they'll tell her. We running away. Oh, okay. You running away down here? Yeah, okay. How long you staying? Because <laughs> fish and guests start smelling after three days. Grandma, we not fish. <laughs> they would tickle the shit out of her. For real, I remember one time my mother was sick and Didi and Shabba don't want to help her with the garden. My mother brought all those beans back and seeds back from New Orleans. And they they planted it right behind the back door. Even till this day, the lady that owns the house now, she said, I don't know why it's just so many flowers and stuff grow right there under the door, the back door. I said, here, my kids. <laughs> they did. They, they, they said, Grandma, we helped you. We buried your beans because you were sick. Child, they'd be out there in the backyard. When it get hot, they'll make a pallet back there on that foundation. And she painted it. And they had the blankets out there. And they laying out there naked. They got wet by the water hose. And they back there. And I'm like, where y'all clothes at? We back here with our grandmother. She love us. It's cool. I'd be like, what? She'd make a pallet on the floor. And they'd lay under that fan after she done bathed them all in the sink. Any kid that came in my mother's house got bathed in that sink in the kitchen. That's how you know. So these are things that we we added on. We just added in our lives. Wash you up in the sink, new babies, you get your cord, and you, you bury it in the backyard. All they cords are buried back there in that backyard. They always have a foundation. That's what they buried it for. The baby, when that, when that navel cord falls off, you bury it in the backyard. Why? So you always have a foundation. You always have a link into this planet. And to your ancestors. That's your link. So she taught us that. She taught us, you know, take the baby first piss and clean your face. Because it'll make your skin pretty and glowing. You won't have no bumps or nothing. We gave olive oil as they lotion. We didn't use Johnson & Johnson. We used olive oil. And put it on their bodies. And they be shiny as shit. But they got pretty skin. All of them. None of them got messed up skin. Now they adults. And that's on them, but they definitely got that. And just old wise turtles, somebody, not even old wise turtles, just things that two hats make two ass whoopings. Cover any mirror when someone dies. You um, always set a plate out for the dead. Make sure you remember them. When people come, dead come and visit you, take heed to those messages. Everything gives you a message. You just got to be open and willing. And God take care of you. And when you're on your ass, while you're down there, start praying. And you learn life lessons. And the hardest one, the best lessons is the hardest part of your life. But today is this day. I can finally say it's not a sad day. But I had a great mama. And once again, like I tell y'all, put that broom behind that door. Clean whoever comes in your house and keep the negativity away. There is a broom behind my door. And growing up, that's all I knew. A broom behind the front door and the back door. Because both ways, I need to make sure you're good. A good friend of mine, he now is in Jamaica. He grew up with us. And he was like, man, I remember that, man, with your mom and all of them. I said, yeah. Because we did. My mother didn't turn nobody away. If she could help you, she will. Either money or food. One way or another. Now, you ain't going to leave hungry. You're going to have food in you. And she'll cook. 
She had you out there, my friend Teresa. <laughs> was going at it with her baby daddy. And she was mad because she called him cheating. So my mother told her, she said, she said, Barbara, what should I do, Miss Barbara? And my mother said, go on back there and pick those beans and those collard greens. Here, take this bag. The answer going to come to you. So I walk up and I'm looking. I'm like, Teresa, why are you in there? Miss Barbara, I've been picking all of this. I got two bags. There ain't no answer coming. She said, keep picking. It's going to come. I said, I don't know why you uh, let my mother get your ass for free labor, right? Because you you going to get me to work in nobody's dirt. I thought I was too cute at first. You know, now I love playing in dirt. But when I was younger, mm-mm. My nails had to be done. My feet. She used to tell. She said, right now, she don't know. She don't know the blessing that she got. She said, but she'll learn down the road because you couldn't get me. But Teresa and them, Teresa back there just picking and sitting there complaining. But then something happened. After a while, maybe about the third bag, Teresa started cleaning her head. After she done sat there and broke and did all of that, she seen. She got the answer. And she came back and she was like, Miss Barbara, you could have just let me do that. You ain't have to have me back there picking your beads and your collard greens. She said it worked, didn't it? Sure did. Because see, after a while, your mind silenced itself. Because you back there picking the greens and the and the uh, peas and stuff, them beans. You back there, you picking them and you putting it in the bag. And there's a certain way you got to pinch off those greens because you can't damage the stalk. Because you don't want your new crop to come in and be messed up. And those beans, you got to twist them up. Pull twist. Right? There's always an order that you got to do. it. You just can't go back there and just start pulling. And um, after a while, you start talking. Like, I can't believe he did this and this and this. And, you know, and I, uh. And then after a while, your brain does something. It quiets it. Focus on one thing at a time. And then your solution is right there. And Teresa did. She said, you know what, though? He did the same fucking thing to me while he was with his other baby mama. He brought me in that lady house and, hmm, karma spins the block, doesn't it? So why would you think he changed for you? That's how he met you. So he, uh, evidently, we brought the girl in your house. That's his M.O. And Teresa moved on. She wasn't as mad as she was. She was still a little hurt because now I see the truth. See? So that was that. Music. Anything we did in that house, it was filled with music. Not only because my father was a musician, but my mother loved music anyway. That's why I let y'all hear Johnny Mathis. After she cleaned, she'll sit there on that couch and listen. Don't you turn Johnny Mathis off. But it was music. We had music in our house. We had musicians come in our house all the time. But we saw them as regular people.